I mean, it's one of those things. I'm a re- I'm really looking at this clock right now. I know it's, it's <laughs> seconds. I'm like I don't know, I but like I feel like it would warn you, no? Like right? would it not? Like I feel like there would be like a. Like, hold on, let's hold on. Let's just count. I'm, a, I'm just gonna see if this happens, <laughs> and then we can continue. But like, I just gotta see these next five seconds. I believe it's like Y2K. Like I'm afraid that my house is gonna blow up. Let's just see. Oh. oh. What? We're good, dude. Let's oh. go. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> everyone welcome back to another episode of anti-socialite i'm your host carly cassidy and today i have a really fun guest um someone i have not quite honestly talked to i think in like probably five plus years um i have jacob from uh, from high school and i guess middle school too because we went to seventh yeah, and eighth grade deep cut it's a deep cut deep yeah. cut episode Growing up in the rough suburbs of suburban Texas. Dude, those streets, man. Those Plano Frisco streets. You never know. You never uh, know what's going to happen with them. But thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad to glad to be here. Glad glad I could be uh, brought on. I'm not sure if I have anything important to say, but no, you might definitely, be cool. You definitely do. Um, and you have your or you have slash had your own podcast, too. So you've got got the experience to, to back it up. <laughs> yeah you know to some degree i mean i think that's very flattering but yeah, yeah i'll take it i'll take it i think what's really funny is that i know you from middle school and high school and we also were in like confirmation class together like church class <laughs> oh yeah yeah in the 10th grade saint elizabeth baby representing yeah but i also I want to ask you, because I, I feel like people who don't know us, like how, like, what would you describe yourself as in like middle school slash high school? Like, what was your stereotype if you were to, to give one? Uh, well, okay. So let's, I guess we could start from the top. So uh, yeah, I grew up in Allen for most of my, you know, for some people who don't know that it's another suburb of Dallas. Um, so I grew up there. And then sixth grade, I moved to Frisco, which is when you would have met me. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think I think middle school is a weird time to be a new kid in yeah. any regard. I think being a new kid anytime is te- is terrible, but it sucks. Especially like pre-pubescent version of yourself. Like, and I don't know if you remember this. I was like a real cute small kid back then. Like I was adorable as hell. You um, were like a kid that I feel like would be. With the Sprouse Brothers on the Danimal yogurt cups, like, oh yeah, 100%. you would have been yeah. like a Disney yeah. Disney star. <laughs> Absolutely, I was uh, I was very clean cut, very very green, very new, and uh, it's kind of crazy because like I came from a situation where I had already you know I'd already made all my friends growing up. I mean, elementary school it was it was pretty set, and um, I just remember being the new kid and just walking in. And everyone had kind of already known each other, or at least grew up with each other a little bit. And uh, you know, you feel like a like a like an animal in a zoo when you're a new kid. Yeah. And and me being like, I mean, like I said, I think I moved. I think when I moved to Frisco, I was like four foot two, like maybe <laughs> seventy pounds, if that. And uh, I just remember kind of coming in and 
didn't really know what I was going to do. Didn't know who I was going to be friends with. And I think some really cool people came up to me. Um, I remember in like social studies class, like people just came up to me and they were like, oh yeah, like you're the new kid. Like, what's that like? And I'm like, I don't know. It's my first day out here. So like, I guess it's cool. I don't know. I'm not really sure. And it's, it's kind of crazy because you don't know if you're going to be the popular kid or if you don't know who the popular kids are, or you don't know if yeah. they're going to like you or you don't know, like, you know, back then that's what all that matters is social stature. Like it's everybody is, you know, it's a dog eat dog. So you're kind of like, I don't know, is this like, how do I portray myself? Like, do I even know who I am? I don't really. Cause I'm like 11, 12. So, <laughs> you know, I knew I liked sports. I knew I liked girls. I knew I liked music and I was just like, ho hopefully somebody else meshes with it. Um, so I don't know. I, I was very shy when I moved here, when I moved there, um, which I know we'll touch on it a little bit later, but that changed pretty drastically. Like as I got older, Yeah, I would say. <laughs> so I yeah. I feel I'm like growing up and I guess you, I didn't realize that you were new just like a year before I was new. Cause I feel like I came in and you were like quite popular and you were definitely like the class clown I feel like in middle school, high school, you were very like. Uh, I love attention, so I'm a Leo. So <laughs> once I once I realized I could I could use my powers for good, and, yeah, and you know I could, uh, you know, walk in and make myself. Uh, it's always easier to make an ass of yourself than it is to make an ass of other people. So yeah. it was just easier, and I knew that if you were funny. I mean, all of my idols growing up were hilarious. Like I remember watching even Stevens growing up and like Shia LaBeouf was like my like idol or like just like those kids, like those quirky guys in, in movies like Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey's like those people. Yeah. And so I just modeled a lot of my personality off of that. Um, and then it just kind of stuck. And I think once you kind of set that expectation for yourself, it's really hard to get out of it. Yeah. so I just like I think there were days I was just making jokes in class and I just was like yeah. I don't even really feel like being funny it's just I feel like it's it's expectation exactly. at this point so like I can't really escape so I'm kind of here you're sitting there in history it's like the Barbie movie you're just like does anyone ever think about dying and they're like what Jacob you're supposed to like yeah oh 100 percent. it's like it's like dude jacob is wearing a pink polo today because it's wednesday like i thought he was supposed to be like a chill kid and like i'm over here like yeah. you guys like ever think about like depression or like <laughs> i remember my first day actually at fowler middle school i remember uh i hadn't made any friends yet we were in the courtyard and as we're in the courtyard there was uh like a baby bird's nest and I remember like all the kids were just like, oh, like it'd be so funny if we like cracked the eggs. And I was like, why would you crack the eggs? Like that makes no sense to me. Like that's kind of yeah. messed up. And it's I remember murder. I went, I went, oh, dude, like for real, like it was crazy. I was like, these kids are wild. And I remember I went to the, to the guidance counselor and I like sobbed and I was like, dude, like they're out here killing birds in the, in the courtyard. Like, this is so sad. And like, like, I think that was my first of many visits to the, to the, to the guidance counselor for like the rest of my life. I think that was a pre, that was a prerequisite for me, like going into therapy, therapy later on in life. <laughs> so middle school guidance counselor. Honestly. Oh yeah. Your boy, your boy was indoctrined very early. Like I was, <laughs> I was very much like, you know, um, let me talk to the counselor. And I think I went to the counselor like two times a week for yeah. the rest of my middle school and high school career so wow. yeah Wait, would you go to the guidance counselor to like just talk about life or were they actually yeah no I mean um 
I think some of it was they didn't want to send me to the principal's office because they were like, dude, oh. Jacob's making jokes for the seventh day in a row. Um, yeah. But also I think it was <clears> – <throat> so I've always been a mama's boy. Yeah. And um, I've always just respected women in authority more than I respected men in authority. And so I just felt like it was easier for me to to talk to them. And <clears throat> I think that was a big piece of like how I kind of built my personality trait of like being good with talking about stuff, being comfortable with myself. And then that kind of helped morph and create the person I am today. But it, it started at a very early age because like I said, being the new kid, you don't know what to expect. So you're kind of no. like, what do I do? And as you're trying to figure yourself out, you just talk to adults because adults seem to be the ones that have their shit together. And that may right. not always be true, but you know, 11, 12 year old, you doesn't know that yet. So yeah. yeah, it's interesting, like being the new kid as a boy versus being a girl, because I feel like as a girl, like if it's so much cattier. And it, I remember being new and like, I made friends kind of quickly but there was one person in particular and I don't want to drop names because I don't want to <laughs> I feel like there's people that follow me on social you never media. you never know when people are know. gonna come in yeah. yeah yeah but this girl like I was friends with I guess her friends and they all liked me um and she was a bit of like a, a, a middle school tyrant and one day at lunch she just had one of the girls who I thought was my friend tell me that oh she said you can't sit here anymore because like her friends were I guess, I don't know, because I was, like, nice to them, and so they liked me a little more. Um, I didn't Jealousy. Like, Jealousy. Yeah. Jealousy is the um, sister of envy, you know? And I literally remember after that, like, that was honestly part of the reason why I went to private school is because, like, after that, it was, like, halfway through seventh grade, and then after that, it was, like, all my friends, like, kind of, like, turned their back on me, or, like, I was just, I had to completely pivot, and I was like, okay, cool, I guess I can see you anytime other than lunch when we're all supposed to hang out. Um, but yeah, and it's so weird because now I, <laughs> there's one, there's like one guy from our high school that has like hit on me post, um, like grad, but one of his friends from high school, I'm pretty sure is like going to be getting married to that girl. And I'm like, dude, I'm like my middle school, high school you, nemesis. Your PTSD <laughs> is kicking in. Into your social yeah. circle. I was like, yeah. no, thank you. Um, but yeah. yeah I mean, I don't know. I think I will say this. I, if I could look back at that time, I, I think there's a part of it that's right. Yeah. Um, I think, I think being a middle school aged girl is probably one of the hard, I, I think being a woman generally is pretty hard. Yeah. Like, let's just start that baseline. Don't level. recommend. <laughs> but I would say like being a high, being middle school girl, especially yeah. new like that, that is scary. But I will say like, <clears throat> through therapy, through talking through, like even going back to the conversations I had back in the day, I remember just looking back and being like, oh, I did get bullied a little bit. Like I did definitely have like an initiation to this group. Like there were times where I was like, oh, this is real. Like these kids really didn't like me at the beginning. Um, I remember because I became friends with a handful of guys that I played like little league sports with, like little league baseball and like little league football with. And I remember it was like, there were two different people. Like at, at practice, we were best friends, but at school it was like, oh, Jacob's kind of weird. Like he's kind of quirky. Like he kind of says some off the wall stuff. Like, yeah, it's like, it's like, they'd be like, is that, is that your friend? Like, he's your friend from school. Like he's your friend from like outside of this. And so. Oh. When you 
went to like high school was there like a shift or did you feel like anything really different with like high school versus um middle school everything changed for me in high school everything um I went from being like four, nine, four, mm-hmm. you know, I grew a little bit exponentially every yeah. year. Um, but going into high school, I think I was, yeah, 13 turning 14. So I was way younger than everybody else. Um, and I remember just like getting into that and like growing into like my quote unquote man body and like getting taller. And I finally shot up to like five, eight and put on some weight and got good, better at sports. And I noticed girls who weren't talking to me like in middle school were now talking to me. I noticed that guys that I was friends with were like, Oh, okay. Like he's, he's, he's playing ball really well. He's doing his thing now. And I think it just grew like the respect grew. And then I became more of myself and it wasn't just Jacob's funny. It was like, Jacob's someone I want to hang out with. And then it just kind of built off of that. So I would say it was pretty night and day switch. I mean, obviously I still had my friends, but it was like, that first day I walked into to high school, it was like, shit, this is going to be so different than everything else I've ever experienced. Because I went from being, oh, like, Jacob, I'm into so-and-so. Like, your friend's so hot. He's so cute. Like, can you, like, go to a movie with us? And then yeah. it turned into, oh, hey, like, your friend Jacob's really cute. Like, sh- you want to go to the movies with us? You're like, like, I'm <laughs> the friend? What? I was what? like, so it was very quick change. And and it took a lot to get used to, for sure. But yeah. I will also say my brother graduated high school when I was going into eighth grade, which is that's, I think I shot up to like 5'2", five 5'3". Five so I was actually yeah. kind of like a regular sized person at that point. And once he was in college and I could like fend for myself and figure out what I was really interested in, yeah, by freshman year, it was a whole different ballgame. It, yeah. it was completely different. When girls started paying attention to you, when did, when did you have your first, did you have like a high school girlfriend or like? Um, yeah, I mean, I obviously, I think I'd had like girlfriends in the past and stuff. Like there yeah. were girls that were definitely into me in like middle school and stuff, but you don't know what that is. You don't know what that That's means. That's where people that just are like, do you want to be my boyfriend? Do you want to be my girlfriend? They're like, yeah. And they're like, okay, let's, let's hold hands. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get zapped and you're like, wait, this is actually a real relationship now. Yeah. You're like. Like I looked at it, I looked at it at three thirty, but like we're still together. Like you're still holding my hand and walking into class. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think going into high school, I'd probably say pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, I remember, you know, I don't want to get too deep on this podcast. Yeah. I don't know how deep these people want to get, <laughs> but I remember my first high school experience was I went to a party, probably when I was still thirteen. I think I, I hadn't turned fourteen yet, and I remember this older girl came on to me. And I got pretty drunk at this party because I knew some upperclassmen. And I remember she took me home because I had a curfew because I was like 13. And I remember like, that's how I lost my virginity. And I was like, oh, you're like, okay. I was like, this just, I was like, this just happened. Um, I wouldn't say it was like advantaged. I I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't know what to call it. I would really, I really wouldn't know because like, uh, she wasn't. I was like, I was a minor. She wasn't 18 yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which obviously when you tell your guy friends that they're like, Oh yeah, hell yeah, like, bro. Like, let's go. Like good shit. Like, yes, yeah. dude. Like he's the first. And I was just like, I was like, I feel like this is going to be some trauma. I got to unpack. Yeah. You're like, life. I'm going <laughs> to like, I'm going to need to go to the guidance counselor and the guidance counselor is like, I'm going to need to refer you to a therapist. And like to a real, yeah, you're going to have to go like to a real place. <laughs> like um, I'm here to make your four year plan. Um, yeah. 
yeah, not <laughs> not really talk to you about uh, the traumatic experience. But yeah, I, I mean, so that happened. And then I think everything after that was me just trying to wipe that away. So yeah. I think probably a, two, a couple weeks later, I think I got into like a relationship with a girl that I met at a at a high school party. Uh, it was yeah. like our and it was like our intro to like Liberty High School. So it was like a bunch of people. Yeah. And uh, I think I like met a girl from another middle school, and I was like, oh yeah, I was like, I think we should date. That'd be cool. In terms of like a high school or grade school, do you like was there even an impression of me, or like was there any sort of like I'm trying to think for like friends that didn't know me back then are just like funny oh 100 oh yeah you're about to really like this i thought you hated me really <laughs> absolutely i feel like 100%. everyone always thinks that i hate them um, yeah um i, I well, think it's partly the face um uh you do have rbf oh, i gotta admit yeah. <laughs> hondi p you 100 percent have that but i'll tell you the story oh, i know exactly okay. the day i know the day i know the day oh, actually no. you were um, wearing a purple shirt you were sitting at lunch i walked in I think one of your friends had talked to me for like a very short time in our lives. Yeah. I think that friend had been told you about us talking, yeah. had painted a very bad imagery of me. And I remember I came up and sat at the table and I was talking to all of you. Um, I, I honestly can't remember the friend at this yeah. point. Um, like I only remember, I only, I, only, I only remember you in this moment because <laughs> I was like, so like I was so taken aback. I was so appalled. I was like, oh my God. I was like, why does Carly hate me? I was like, what did I do? Oh, um, and I remember I walked in, I sat down and I like said hi to you or something. And you, I, I think just back then you were pretty shy yeah. too. Um, so I just, uh, you know, obviously hindsight 2020, but in that moment I was like, it's like, does this girl like hate me? Like what did I do? <laughs> and then I remember uh, like a few, a couple years later, yeah. we went to, um, we went to St. Elizabeth Ann Seton's yeah. uh, church camp. Um, went to camp. Yeah. Went to camp. And I remember it was actually a really cool moment. I don't know if you remember yeah. this. I had just given confession. Okay. I was going through a really tough time. I was crying, sobbing. Yeah. And we had just done adoration as well. Okay. So we were walking all out. And it was like pretty dead quiet yeah. for the most part. And I remember we were all walking back to our little like cabins. Yeah. Right. And I remember you like walked back, like walked next to me. And um, it was really funny because I'm like sobbing. I'm like literally like yeah. tears were running down my face because I just confessed like so much. Yeah. It was like it was honestly like a, again goes back to therapy. Yeah. I just released so many. Yeah. Like I, don't, I was like I don't even know if these are sins, like, dude. I think he's just, just like we need to call the guidance counselor. He's like he's like can Miss Caban can Miss Cabanas come from Fowler Middle School and come talk to this guy? He's losing his shit a little bit. Oh, <laughs> and, um, but no, I remember I was walking past yeah. you, and this is probably the first time I'd seen you in a, in a little bit. And it was a really cool moment because it, it was one of those things. It was a random act of kindness. You just kind of looked at me and you were like, because I think a long time of that, like there was a lot of perception of yeah. you. Um, and I think you had been like previously, you, we had been cordial with yeah. each other. But I just remember there was that moment where you kind of looked over at me and you were like, are you, are you okay? Yeah. Like, are you, are you good? <laughs> and it was just weird to me because it was like, I mean, I had had a couple of friends that were there right. and stuff and like yeah. all that. And so I was just like, it's kind of weird that this person who like, I've obviously crossed paths with yeah. a handful of times. I've seen a handful of times. I had a misconception yeah. of you. I thought you hated me. So I'm like, why is this person asking me if I'm okay? Yeah. Like, that just feels kind of weird and random. But what inevitably ended up happening was it was just like a really cool moment of yeah. like, I had just given a lot of myself to like this confessional and i was just like oh my god i'm drained and then to like just be walking past a group of people to see someone you know 
and for that person just to be like in that moment like are you good yeah like is that are you okay um but i will also say like throughout even i would say a friendship i would like to call you a friend i would say another really good thing that i feel about you as a person is i've always kind of been a, like a i've always kind of been a person that's like shouting your accomplishments a little bit oh. <laughs> That's so nice. You know, like, like I don't yeah. know, like I just see stuff that you post. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so funny. Or yeah. like, I just think that's hilarious. Yeah. Or like, I, you know, I'll just like, I'll see things that you post yeah. or I'll see things that like are happening. And I'm like, like, good for her. Yeah. Like, because honestly, I could really care less about a lot of people's stuff that goes yeah. on. But there's like a handful of people where like, it might be just that moment of you walking past me after yeah. a confession and being like, are you good? And that could be something that's a core memory yeah. to me. Not a lot of people ask me that a lot. So that's so nice. I don't even. It was one thing. Yeah, that's. And I was like, hey. that's funny because it's like second nature. I'm like, it it doesn't even like I wouldn't have even remembered that. I can I can see how you would probably think that I hate you. Literally, Lexi, her first thing was like, you hated me in middle school. You walked right by me in the bathroom and like ignored me. And, I, right. and I'm like, but I gotta say one thing <laughs> about you and Lexi's relationship because I actually ran into her pretty recently. I know she sent me like a. Yeah like a selfie or something yeah i ran into her pretty recently um and so it was funny because she was like oh like yeah like I, i'm gonna go see carly here in a couple months or whatever and i was like oh dope and i remember um her just being like i will say this because she asked me the same question she goes i feel like you didn't like me like growing up and i was like dude i don't like i can't not like someone who never spoke to me yeah <laughs> like, and I feel like that would have been y'all's beef with each other is like y'all were both quiet people yeah. and like y'all were both silent so like you walking at her walking in the bathroom yeah. like passing you is like not even you being rude yeah. it's just like I just didn't know you wanted an interaction yeah, I'm like, like homie I was just trying not to be late for math class I was a nerd <laughs> and then going back I guess to kind of like college or post-grad yeah. Um, after graduating, did you, cause you didn't end up going to, to undergrad, did you? No. So I took yeah. SAT, I took ACT. I did pretty yeah. well on both. Um, I honestly, I'm such a procrastinator. Uh, I just didn't think I, in my mind, I just was like, I, my brother was the first one to go to school in my family. So yeah. for me, I saw how much debt he was in. I saw what loans were. I saw all that. Yeah. But yet again, uh, the plan was because my my goal in life was to always be like, all right, I'm going to go to school, I'm going to get out of school, test really well. I tested fairly fairly well. Yeah, could have got into a lot of schools. I just didn't yeah. think about it, which is funny because going back, you'd think like my guidance counselors would have been like, you're not applying for any schools. Like you you're kind of smart ish. <laughs> all, all those sessions. All those sessions, they were just life talks. They were never like, you know, what are we doing with your life? So. Um, it was funny cause even back in high school, I was like, I want to be a writer or I want to be like, you know, I always wanted to do like screenplays or I always wanted to be like in film. Um, and then for a long time I was like, I want to be a history teacher. I would love to teach history and stuff like that. English and history were like my two favorite things. Yeah. Um, but once I realized that you can go to community college and get the same degree, it didn't really matter. So yeah. I thought to myself, I was like, I'll just go to community college after high school, moved down to San Marcos, had a bunch of friends that went to Texas state. So like I got to experience it. I mean, but back then I was also in a relationship. So like I yeah. went in, I got in. So even further back, like I had a few relationships in high school. Um, a lot of people would call me a player back then. I mean, I, <laughs> I didn't really get into too many real uh, tangible relationships. 
Um, there's probably a handful of, 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 uh, well, I hope they don't think about me too much now. Cause it's like 10 years later, but yeah. there was probably a handful of women back then that probably weren't a big fan of me, which I completely so understand. If we were <laughs> to go back to like a, t- the 10 year high school reunion next yeah. year, would there be like a lot of people that were like that fucking guy? <laughs> uh, up until probably three years ago, which we can get into that a little bit later, but up until three years ago, a hundred percent, I think. When you say like playing do you mean like it would be like you were breaking up with a lot of girls you were getting to relationships with or that you were like Um, playing the field while like probably both of like not like cheating but like some girls would think you're talking to them but they're like well actually yeah that one I mean I never I've I've always I've always kind of prided myself on like not being a cheating person right right that was always a big thing for me um, I think, you know, there's certain aspects where mistakes are made. And I think that that obviously can be misconstrued one way or the other. But I've always been in the camp of I believe people. So if you feel like I treated you a certain type of way, or if you feel like I did a certain thing to you, I'm not going to take away that power from you. You said you're in a relationship. Um, I'm trying to think was that and I can blur out names because there was a girl was- I thought, okay yeah she went to yeah. i think she went to arkansas or something she did like, yeah yeah she did so yeah so so, so uh which was funny because i remember back then um we were just friends so it was yeah. funny it was just like i don't know if i want to do this whatever and she was like i don't want to do this she's like you're a player you're this you're that and um yeah. eventually it just became a relationship and i was coming back to frisco every other weekend um because she was still in high school at the time she was a yeah. year younger than than us grade wise. And so I would just go back, like I'd be in San Marcos, do whatever I was working. My first job was, a I was a beer helper on a beer truck in Austin. What was and so that like? brutal, a hundred percent brutal. Um, I was working like 80 hours a week, oh, like, like delivering beer to various places. Um, yeah, I'd be working like 10 to 12 hour days every day. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think the most I ever logged in was like 17 hours of work. Like I got there like four and then I got done Jesus. like in the nighttime later. Um, I will say uh, hindsight, I probably wish I would have went to school because my goal to move to San Marcos was my brother was living in San Antonio. He just got a job at Chase yeah. and he was like, I need to go to San Antonio for work. He was like, do you want to move with me? And I was like, yeah. And then we moved to San Marcos to visit one of his friends fell in love with the city, fell in love with like the energy and was just like, Oh dude, like I've never lived anywhere but Frisco. So this feels great. Like I can get away, kind of right. reinvent myself. I was in a new relationship. So for me, it wasn't really pressure. Cause I didn't feel the need to like go talk to girls. I didn't feel the need to go out and do stuff. So I would just go to work and then we'd go do fun stuff on the weekends or I'd be in Frisco. Um, yeah. so I matured quite a bit in a very short period of time because the person I was with was very mature for her age. So she kind of righted the ship. Like I felt like I wasn't deserving of love or like affection or like really good behavior because I had been told for so long by people that I had wronged that I was kind of an asshole. So for me to like get that validation of like someone genuinely giving a shit, I was like, oh, so like this is what you're supposed to feel like. This is what, you know, your first love can feel like. And this is what people talk about. Is it hard or what was it like when you're kind of dating someone who is in college they're in a sorority at like a big school like that and you're working most of the time is it harder is there like like jealousy that goes in that when they're going to like all these like frat parties and stuff like that or like what are the does that kind of like eat at a relationship or how does that kind of like factor in in the moment i don't think i knew it but yeah yeah 
obviously hindsight, a hundred percent. Um, you don't realize the things like, cause you got to remember, you know, if we're talking about the seasons of life, like I went from being fairly unknown new kid to being a somewhat popular kid who had like an established personality who had these things. Um, and then candidly, that kind of changed my entire dichotomy. Like it, it changed my, like atoms in my body to my core. Yeah. Um, because then I went from being this person that's like friends with everybody to I'm only friends with certain people because she's friends with them. It was easy because like what I said, like when she was in high school, it was like those kids still knew me. So it was like hanging out with them, whatever. But to go to another place where I didn't have my brother, I didn't have my friends. It was just me. It was just her. And I had a, I had a friend that I was living with at the time. Um, but she was doing her own thing too. I live with, I live with a girl that I grew up with and it was like one of those things where I'm like, dude, I'm working six jobs. Like I'm doing all these odd jobs to like make rent and make money where my girlfriend at the time, she's living in a dorm. Her parents are paying for it. It's an all girl dorm. So I can't like stay with her. So it's like, I got to do this like on my own type thing. And I think resentment builds because you're starting to see someone flourish and grow and you're kind of stuck in the same boat. So what I noticed is like through depression and anxiety, I started to really, really start to like almost become a wallflower where I was like, whereas I used to be like the person who initiated conversation. I was now the person who was like, I don't really want to talk to anybody. I, I don't really think I add value to the conversation because I have no idea what these people are going through. Like no one I know is going through it. So I, I don't know what to talk about with you guys. Um, so I became reclusive. So it was really like being the new kid again. Like I was like, I don't know who I'm supposed to talk to. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. All I have is this girlfriend and, and these jobs. So it was very difficult to have confidence and like understand that I'm still a person that matters because I felt like I didn't. So it was very hard for me to shift that. When did things or if things like kind of turned around for you, how did that really happen? Or did you end up kind of finding yourself again? in a better spot? Um, so I was fortunate. Um, so my brother, he moved, like I said, he moved to San Antonio 2014 to, so he lived there from 2014 to 2016. Yeah. I lived in Arkansas from 2015 to 2016, May of 2016. We both go back to Dallas. We both move back in with the fam and we, we reconnect. And my brother, to this day has always been my savior. He's always saved me in everything I've ever done. He's always been my guy. He's been my backstop. He's been everything for me. And him honestly listening, cause I couldn't tell my parents I was depressed. Yeah. So him calling me and like throughout this time, I'm calling him every week. I'm just like, dude, like it's fucking hard. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like stuff's going top. You know, my relationship isn't in the greatest position. My friendships aren't in the greatest position. I'm trying to keep afloat. I'm trying to do this. I'm going to these day parties. I'm going to these dinners. I'm doing all these things, putting on a fake face. And yeah, moving back that probably May of 2016, getting another job and like getting stable pay again. And then my brother just lifting me up. I mean, my brother was my keeper. So him just yeah. being like, hey, man, like you're, you're still valuable. You're still worth it. You're still going to be important in yeah. life. And so once you have someone believe in you, it's really hard to let them down. Yeah. And my brother was my, you know, like I said, he's my hero, he's my idol. So for me to have that, it just changed everything again. And I finally started to pick back up and I was like, okay. Today's episode is sponsored by James. 
James is convinced that. I think it's awful to throw away shrimp that you don't finish. Because, <laughs> like, if you don't finish chicken or whatever else, like, who cares? I mean, it's sad. The chicken's dead. Yeah, but, like, it's just a piece of the chicken. Where if you throw away shrimp, that's all little buddy ever was. That's it. That's all of him. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's, it's really tragic. Uh, eat, eat all your shrimp, guys. So I wanted to kind of pivot to growing up, like more of the stuff with um, your brother and growing up. Yeah, I mean, uh, I hated my brother growing up. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was not a big fan of him whatsoever. Um, just because we were compared a lot growing up like once I got good at sports once I kind of grew into it I just remember having people be like oh like you get to wear this number because it's your brother's number or you get to do this because of that and I think it just kind of made this my brother had no fault in it whatsoever it was other people who were just like oh you remind me of him or you look like him or you sound like him or whatever and so some of the funnest memories of my life were just like being brothers and getting into fights with each other, like wrestling and like getting into it. Um, I would say not realizing what he kind of shielded me from, like the reality of the world, like the the toughness of, you know, the situation we grew up in. Like, like I said, my parents have been together for a long time, but they didn't have like the greatest relationship when I was growing up. Like they do now and they did before. And like, they, you know, I'm sure they did still then. But when he went to college, I kind of was like thrown into like a, a new kind of era. So it was good. I mean, I think the the fondest memories I have now are just like the brotherhood, but there's no real memories that stick out. I mean, we had funny experiences. Like I remember we'd go to like, uh, anytime we'd go to mass and the person who was singing was bad at singing. I could not stop laughing. Like it would be like the most detrimental laughs I've ever heard. Like, like laughing remember, in church. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, we were we were we were horrendous. Um, and this is saying I'm trying to think because we went to the same church. Were they ever? Would they just be like off key? Like I feel like I never. Oh, every oh every time there was an off key person, you were getting you were getting thrown to the wolves, dude. Like we we were we would look at each other. We would just give each other a look, like a side eye. Like we kind of go like, you hear that? And then we just die laughing. I mean, like, I'm talking, and then my mom would get in on the laughter, and then my dad would just be like, what are you doing? Like, why are you laughing? And we'd be like, dude, I'm like, this person's so off-key, it's not even funny. Like, I don't even know why they're letting her sing right now. It's crazy. (laughs) Like, this is just mind-blowing. I, Um, honestly, I was probably too busy. They had, like, a, I feel like I needed to be distracted, so I had, like, some worksheet that they would have that you could get that was, like, for kids that I feel like I did even at, like, 15, where it had, like, a crossword and, like, you could color in something. And then (laughs) I'd always want to bring food. And, like, I got to the age where my mom was, like, Carly, you can't bring Cheerios in a bag. You're literally, like, actually not supposed to eat before or after, like, receiving communion. But I'd be like, I'm hungry. Um, We have to go early. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was, yeah, I mean, dude, yeah, it was so funny. Like, we could not contain ourselves. Um, Another fond memory I have was when he graduated, The Hangover came out, and it was my first rated R movie that I got to see, like, actually got to buy a ticket because my brother was 18, so, and I was, yeah, I was uh, 13, so I got to go, and um, it was hilarious, like, it was the greatest time of my life. 
But it's like little nuances, really. Like, there's not, I wouldn't pinpoint any exact memories, but those are the two that really stick out is like going to see movies with him, going to like go do stuff with him. And then, yeah, laughing. Like, we'd always laugh about stuff. Or like if a new Drake song came out, or like when Drake was just now, like, um, I remember when like Thank Me Later came out, and like that was like the big moment for us. Like, we were so hype. Cause like we had gone from this, like, we used to, we'd always rap songs together. So like there was all these songs that we would just rap together. And there's like videos of us where we would just like be singing or rapping or like karaoke at like my aunt's house, like on Christmas, like we'd just be having a good time. We were always the life of the party and that carried over. And as we got older, it it became now we're the life of the party at weddings and now we're the life of the party at parties. And it was just, it was making those memories together because once I graduated high school and we moved in together, and we had a summer, like once it was like June of 2014, where we worked out every day together. We were working out every single day together. And we were just riding to the gym together, laughing, listening to music, like singing new songs, like getting to experience life. And like, because we were kind of for the first time on the same playing field, because I was 18, he was 20, what math, 23, 22, 23. And so it was great. Like it was, it was one of those things. And then I remember that summer going to move to San Marcos, he was a, he had an internship for Chase in um, Chicago and I had never left this. I had never left Frisco. I'd never, I mean, I'd been like on other trips to like Florida and stuff, but I'd never like been on my own. And for my 18th birthday, we went up to Chicago. I went to go visit him and I stayed with him for like a week and a half. And uh, we snuck into Lollapalooza. We had a blast. And I got to legally buy my first pack of cigarettes and he was there. He hated it because he hated that I smoked, but he was like, my brother's a man. And I just remember like that week, um, just meeting all of his coworkers and like for the first time feeling like being Jerry Hernandez's little brother is actually the shit. Like I was like, damn, like these people respect him. They support him. They love him. And now they're welcoming me with open arms. And like, that was like a very big moment for me of just like, oh shit, like damn my brother's a badass and I had been knocking him for so long for no reasons. So yeah, I would say that was like a big thing for me as growing up. Remind me, did he pass away? Was it during COVID? Was it at the beginning or was it? So, um, yeah. So he, he passed away, uh, January 1st of 2021. Oh, literally um, like first day. First. Yeah. So oh. technically give or take, you know, you could say yeah. December 31st or you could say January 1st. Yeah. Really doesn't make a difference to me. Um, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he slipped and fell, hit his head while he was going upstairs to go see his, to go to a, a, one of his friend's apartments. That's um, so wild. But like, yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. Cause the, I think the thing, you know, cause we got to experience like you know, so much of life together. Yeah. So I met my now girlfriend in 2019, November, December, 2019. Yeah. And so we started talking and it happened very quickly and then COVID hits and then we're together, her and I are together all the time. And I introduced them to each other and they immediately like were best friends because they were very similar to one another and got to experience that. And then her and I went through some stuff like August of 2020, where we kind of weren't together for a little bit. Um, Cause I just, again, you know, shooting yourself in the own foot type of thing. Yeah. And I kind of made some mistakes. And so she, you know, we were single for a little bit and it was a really tough time again, because like I said, when I fall, I fall pretty hard. So I went through all that. And my brother kind of, again, again, he's right there picking me up. Like, even though I knew that I had made some mistakes, he's still my brother. He's still in my corner. We actually started going to therapy together. We started talking about some stuff together with our therapist. Like, yeah. 
joint sessions. Yeah, like ju- oh, wow. like joint sessions, group therapy. Yeah, so it'd be me and him, and we'd just be talking about stuff. We'd be talking about life. Um, so we're both in the same position, just trying to figure it out and hashing things out from our past. And you know, that's when I really realized that I didn't hate my brother. I never hated him. Yeah. I just hated what people said, and I took so much of that frustration out on him. And it's kind of crazy. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I'm happy that. Meredith and I kind of took that little break in time because I wouldn't say it was the most, you know, I don't know. I I don't want to speak for her, but I would say like I wasn't in the best place personally, but I will say from August till like November of 2020, like we got to like go on some trips together. We went fishing together. We did a lot of stuff, just he and I. Yeah. And then our last trip together was actually, we went to Boston to go see some friends and we just like hung out and like got to have a good time. And this was like, again, the first time we're really equals. Cause yeah. I was making really decent money. He was making pretty decent money. We were both doing our thing. And um, yeah, I remember that night, uh, new year's Eve, like we were listening to music and I was exhausted. I'm pretty sure I was hung over on like new year's Eve. Yeah. And I was like, bro, I don't feel like doing shit right now. And so I went, I went to go to my room and I went to go lay down. Uh, Cause we were living together again here. Yeah. Um, cause my brother, my brother got my parents a house. We were staying at my parents' house where the, the house he bought him. And, um, he calls my name. He'd be like, Jacob, like Jacob, come here. And I'd be like, I don't want to come down there. I'm fucking hungover. Like I'm tired. Yeah. Like, let me just, just let me sleep, bro. Just let me sleep. Yeah. And I remember, um, we were sitting there downstairs listening to music, just having a good time. And I was getting ready to go to a friend's house for a new year's Eve party. And, uh, you know, he, he would ask me like, what are your goals for the year? Like, what are your goals? What are your, what are your initiatives? What do you want to accomplish this year? Yeah. And I was like, I just want to be happy. Like, I just want to be happy. I just want to be in a good place. I want to make this amount of money. I want to save this amount of money. I want to do these things. Um, I was like, I just want to be stable again. I just want to find stability. Yeah. And he was like, you, he was like, you will. And so to have that conversation with him and then before I left, um, you know, we were always hugged each other and stuff. Like we were, we, you know, we didn't, we were, we weren't yeah. scared of that. We're not, we're not toxic masculinity guys. We're not like, Oh, I yeah. don't want to hug my brother. That's my brother. To me, it was like, that's my brother. That's my family. The Drake so and Josh care. hug me brother. hundred <laughs> percent. Exactly. And he was always the initiator. So he was like, he was like, he's like, Hey man, like be safe tonight. Like, I know you're driving to this party. Don't drink at that party. If you're going to drink, you know, go to the next party that you're going to and then drink there. Yeah. And it was kind of crazy because before I leave to go to this party, I'm like, I love you. I'll see you later. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud to call you my brother. And he's like, dude, I'm so proud of you. I love you so much. You're my best friend. I wouldn't want to do life with anybody else but you. And I, he was sitting down in a chair and I walked over to him and I gave him a kiss on the forehead, gave him a hug, told him how much I loved him, left. And that was the last time I ever saw my brother alive. Damn. And so, yeah, I go to a party later that night and um, I mend all these relationships with people or I'm at least trying to mend all these relationships with people. Meredith and I are back to good again. We're making progress again. So, you know, paying my penance, taking care of things. And, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, I got a text from him at like 1155, I think. Yeah. And he told me, he said, happy new year. He was out, he was out at the bar Yeah. and I was at this house and, uh, he said, happy new year. I love you. Can't wait to see what you do this year. He had written me a note for Christmas and we had actually recorded my first podcast with a guest, uh, a couple weeks prior or yeah, actually Christmas. So literally a week prior, the 26th of December. So the day after Christmas. So a week before we had recorded my podcast with him and we got to tell each other again, how proud of each other we were and what it was like growing up and got to talk through all that stuff. Um, yeah. And then the next morning got a knock on the door, got told. Um, and then I just started making phone calls. Was it 
your parents' house that you were at, or was it you and yeah. Jerry? Oh, okay. So your parents were yeah. home? No, no, no. They oh. weren't. They were at a friend's house. Yeah. So it was me. It was me and Meredith. And then my adopted brother, Dylan, and his girlfriend were at my, were at my house, or at my oh. parents' house, which is like our house. So it was. So. And I'm guessing when someone knocks on the door like that, it's like a, it's a police officer? Three detectives. Yeah. Oh. Three detectives. Yeah. So. Which is kind of crazy because, like, I remember hearing the, the thing, right? So, like, again, me and Meredith are fixing things. So, like, I'm starting to feel like things are good. Like, my parents yeah. are good. They're at a party. They're having a good time. My friends and I are all together at a house party. We're having a good time. My girlfriend and I are fixing things. We're getting to a better place in our relationship. We're growing. Yeah. My brother and I just came back from a trip in Boston. That was amazing the month before. Like We're starting to do these things. Up. I'm like, dude, everything's perfect. Like, this is it. Like, this is what I've been wanting. I've wanted stability. I'm getting stability. Um. And then, like I said, I get that knock on the door and I'm hung over as I'll get out. It's like eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, what happened? Like, did I, I was like, did I drive home last night? No. Did I do this? That? No. And I'm going down. I mean, you know, I'm going down a yeah. Rolodex of shit. You're I like, this I'm is like, probably me, not. I'm like, I'm like, did I do something? I'm like, did someone get arrested? Like, what happened? And so then they send me down and they say, yeah, we, you know, your brother passed away. And I was like, okay. Um, yeah. And then I just started making phone calls, made like 700 phone calls in like a few days um or a few hours and uh from that point on it was you know it's a weird thing being a, being a younger sibling your whole life and then being like an only child yeah like that well because like that i so. feel like it's also just so shocking when you have like this older brother that to you is like invincible you know word word travels like freaking a wildfire like yeah. one person gets a story. They don't know how it happened. They don't know what happened. So I'm getting Facebook messages from people and I'm getting Instagram messages from people yeah. that I haven't talked to in years. Yeah. And they're like, I, I heard Jerry pass away this way or I heard this. And you just start to get pissed off because you're like, dude, like I'm like, I'm still processing. I don't yeah. really feel like answering your trivial questions right now. Right. And also everything you're telling me is pissing me off because it's not true. Did you see people try to position themselves as being like really close with him that you're like, you guys didn't really know him? Well, I will say this initially. Yes. A hundred percent. But I will say this. My brother was the life of the party. He was a lot like me. So he had a lot of friends. So I, through the week, through the week, I, I got to warm up to the idea that like, okay, they had an experience where he made them feel this type of way. So I can't take that away from them. And I don't want to. So initially, though, that was pissed. I was pissed. I was like, you didn't know him. Blah, blah, blah. Like, that's my brother. Like, you know, I'm protecting him. Um, and, and I'm protecting my 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 stance on him as a person. Like, I'm like, I, you know, I know my brother. I know this. I know that. I know this. I know that. I know everything about him. And it was really cool because once you take those rose-colored glasses off and you start to realize that people are really meaning well from it, then you can start to realize, like, dude, he touched so many more lives than I even anticipated. And maybe an interaction, it could have been a five second talk. It could have been a two minute, inter you know, whatever. It could have been an interaction that I had no idea happened. And these people are having these spiritual vital experiences that they have. And like he motivated them or got them to go to the gym with him or bought them lunch. or So for me, it, it turned into, okay, you're pissed. But now you're just getting stories that you never would have heard otherwise. And to shift it, it became such a greater thing. Um, because then you start to get appreciation for it. So you're not so focused on the negative connotation of things. You're focused on the positive. And I will tell, I will say one thing. Um, I'm so glad he got to meet Meredith. I'm so glad he got to get a relationship with her because I cannot imagine who else I would be with right now because of that time in my life. Um, 
because her as an individual, like she has just been a rock that I can never have asked for. And I don't know if I would have deserved because the big thing for me that when it happened was, damn, dude, I spent so much of my life not wanting to be here. And now he's gone and he had no choice. So for me, it was like, I felt really shitty about myself because I was like, wow, like you've been wanting to not, like you've been in these dark, dark, dark places. And now, you, you know, you see in the light and now you're really in a dark place and you have no idea how people are going to respond to you. And especially with me, I had no idea how people were going to respond. Like I had no idea what people were going to say or what they were going to do. Um, there's people out there who are always going to say some fucked up stuff. Like there's people out there who always are like, oh, good riddance or whatever. And I'd be like, all right, like I'm not going to take into your negativity because if I do, then I'm just going to go to a darker, darker place. So I always had to keep myself even keel, even through the bullshit of people like just saying this, that or the other. Um, but it was tough. I mean, yeah, it's tough to lose somebody that close to you. It's tough to lose somebody that you look at as not only like a mentor, as a brother, as a father, as a friend, because to me, he was like a dad. So for me, like, I'm very fortunate that I've had two men in my life that have been very, very positive influences on me. And I think that's why we balance each other out so well is because I could be the accountability and he would be the availability. So I would hold myself accountable or hold him accountable. I always try to pride myself on holding my friends accountable. And that stemmed from my relationship that I had with my brother. And it just built on after that. And, you know, I, I got to wear different hats after that event happened. And like people looked at me for advice and then they look at me for guidance on things where maybe they didn't before. Or, you know, maybe they'd come to me in the past, but now it's a completely different energy when they speak to me. I mean, I would be lying to you if I said that I'm always positive, yeah. I'm always happy-go-lucky, and right. I'm always in a great place. But I would say in those really, really dark times or, like, when I feel like I need advice, like, yeah. you know, they always – there's this old saying. And my relationship with, like, with my faith has gotten a lot stronger yeah. over the past few years. Because I think when I was growing up, faith was something that you just pushed on you. It was like, you have to have yeah. faith. you got to believe. And then I finally, you know, I went, I went, I went like way, way on the other side of that spectrum for a long time. I was like, I don't know if I believe in shit. And my brother and I were kind of in the same boat, yeah. but through that therapy and through realizing that God is a real thing. And like, if you don't believe in God, it's a bigger thing. It doesn't have to be God. You don't have to call yeah. it God. I don't care what you call it, but there's something bigger at hand. Yeah. That's, you know, we don't just exist. Like I'm not a nihilist. I can't just sit here and say that nothing I do matters or nothing in life matters. Yeah. Um, because I've seen the impact that you can make if you just take time to hear people's stories and hear them out. And I've seen what it can do when you share experiences with other people. Yeah. So if if anything, it's a more greater sense of community. It's a greater sense of, of faith in people and realizing that for every shitty person, there's a really great person on the other side of it. And knowing that I got to have one of those great people that people got to look up to, it only makes me drive even harder. So like if I'm down, it's kind of crazy because people will be like, damn, Jacob, I'm in a really tough patch. Like, what do I do? How do I fix this? And I'll be like, what do you want to fix? Yeah. How do you want to fix it? Because I can give you an antidote, but it doesn't mean it's going to work. So what do you want out of this? Right. Yeah. What do you want out of life and how can I help you get there? And so I've taken mentorship roles. I've helped people out that are younger than me and I've helped them get through tough times. And I'm not saying that I'm credited for it because it's not me. It's my brother. My brother's yeah. working through me because I never was this person. I was the person who was fun and made jokes and like was a, was the, um alleviator of stress yeah. now i'm this person like the comic relief a, exactly now i'm the person who yeah i can give you the comedic value but i can also give you some stuff because i've been through some stuff in life yeah and it gives me a platform to talk about it because people lose people every day it doesn't have to be your brother it can be your sister it can be your yeah. mom it can be your dog it can be anything yeah. it can be your goldfish like loss and grief are not 
universal. They are not all going to be the same. Yeah. It's all different. And so I'm fortunate that I get to come from it from a different place of like my grandparents all passed away before I could even remember. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what it's like to lose those people. I don't know. I never really, and you know, I lost a couple friends in high school and college and stuff, but I didn't really get to, I didn't really lose anybody that really, really changed my life like that until my brother. And to know that happened and like to experience what other people have experienced, like people have great relationships with their grandparents or with their dads or their moms or whoever, and they've lost them. And I never got it. And now I can say, even though it's very different, I know what it's like to lose that person. I know what it's like to lose someone who matters so much to you that it hurts you every day. But I can't sit there and say it's going to be you know, there's no universal fix for grief. There's a lot of books on it. There's only one book on losing a sibling. Yeah. <laughs> and so if I can help in that way, then I will. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's where I hear my brother a lot is I remember, and this is going to sound so crazy, but I remember, you know, they say Cardinals are visitors from heaven. My mom believes that. I was that, going to something I believe. ask you if you've had <laughs> any like spooky, not, I guess like spooky or kind of like Oh, no, it's very spooky. Yeah. If it happens to you, oh, dude, you're like, what the fuck yeah. is going on? Like, you you lose your mind a little bit. You're like, yeah. like, you're like, dude, am I crazy? Yeah. This feels like a Hallmark movie. This is kind of wild. Yeah. But I remember, I remember um, the day of my brother's celebration of life. Yeah. Um, I had to give a really big speech, yeah. and there was like two thousand, three thousand people at my brother's celebration of life. Oh damn! And this is like peak COVID. Like not peak. But this is like yeah. end of COVID. But COVID's right. so rampant, you know. Yeah. And so to have all these people come in and I remember I walked out to my truck and I was getting in the truck to go and Meredith's in the car with me and she's like, do you know what you're going to say? Do you know what you're going to do? Like, da, da, da. And I'm like, honestly, dude, I was like, I don't know. I was like, hopefully it's just something comes to me. And, um, it was crazy. I walked outside. There was a Cardinal sitting on top of my truck Oh wow! on my truck bed. Right. And for some reason, uh, I don't know what told me, what possessed me to do this, but I went through my notes app on my phone and I saw a speech that my brother had written that he shared with me years ago. Yeah. And it was talking about how you should be a good person, how you should not just do the right thing when people are seeing you, like be the right, do the right thing when people are not around. Yeah. And I remember I kickstarted my speech with that. Yeah. I gave like an excerpt of my brother what, from his mouth, from yeah. his hands, from his typing. And I gave that speech and then I spoke about what I wanted to say, like in my own way. And I will be completely honest with you. I feel like I was astral projecting because I don't feel like my body was there. Yeah. Like, like, like mentally, like physically, I'm sitting right there, but like my body, like I'm, yeah. you know, levels above myself. And yeah, man, I mean, that's probably the weirdest thing that's happened to me since. But there's little intricacies that happen every day. You know, yeah. there's times where I won't say something to my Alexa and it'll go off and it'll be playing a song that I haven't heard in years. Yeah. Um, there's little intricacies. It's kind of crazy. And like sometimes, um, when I get in my car, when I get in my truck, sometimes like, you know how, if you have Bluetooth and autoplay yeah. and like every time I autoplay something, it's a song I haven't heard since like 2010, 2011. And it's a song that my brother and I loved. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a sec, this is supposed to be like alphabetical order. This yeah. is like, like why is it on auto shuffle? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait, I'm like, I'm like, hold on. I'm like, usually it's that Lady Gaga song that I hate from that one album, Jacqueline or whatever the hell it was, I think. Joanne. Joanne, <laughs> dude. It's like that. It's like, dude, she's got an A song and it's the first song that played every time. And we'd both, my brother and I would both get pissed off. Oh my God. It'd be like, here we go. I can't get, dude, that song, so bane of my existence, bane of my existence. But now I love to hear it because yeah. it's so funny. But It'll be either that song and it's like shared experience where like me and my brother hated it so much. So yeah. we were just like, dude, how is this the song? And I know who did it. I downloaded that. I downloaded that album on my phone. 
So I know who did. It. I know who's responsible for it. But now it's like I think, but beyond the grave, my brother's just playing jokes on me. And he's like, ha, 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 "Wouldn't that be crazy if this song just started playing?" Yeah. I'm like, "Damn." Or it's like other songs. It's like other random things. It's like you know, sometimes it'll auto shuffle. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. And like I don't know. Like like I said, it's it's wild to me that I was going through t- such a rough patch, yeah. and I was kind of clearing everything up. And then, like I said, my relationship with my girlfriend, with Meredith, has just. I mean, like I said, she she's been somebody who, especially someone who hasn't experienced it. Yeah. Her just being there and being available and just like understanding that I'm gonna have sometimes where I'm up and I'm down yeah. and just being aware of it, like it's. I've been very fortunate to have people who love me in my life, and for the first time in a long time, I feel like I'm not taking advantage of it, and I'm enjoying it, and I'm yeah. enjoying the intricacies of life, like. Nothing's perfect. No relationship's perfect. No friendship's perfect. Yeah. But you get to experience it. And when you get to experience it that way, you get a greater appreciation for it, of, yeah. especially when you don't get to have those things anymore. So. How did you guys meet, if you don't mind me asking? I know you said it was 2019, but did you guys have mutual friends or? Yeah. So one of her best friends is someone that I was really good friends with. Oh, nice. And they were, they were dating another friend of mine that I've known for a real long time. And we went to a bar. And they're like, oh, you should meet my friend. And I was like, okay, cool. And um, at the time, I wasn't drinking. It was funny. Yeah. I was on like one of my sober kicks. Because I go through these times. like I'm not like Kanye level. like where I, del- I mean, I do delete a lot of social media a lot. I haven't done it in a long time. <laughs> but I delete a lot of social media. Like I'll just go dark for a few yeah. weeks or you know months. Or I'll just, you know, back in high school, I, I was like, I got Twitter famous. And I just delete it. I, I think I'm on like Twitter number 12 right now. Oh, I think I'm on like Instagram number four. Yeah. Um. So I've always been one of those people. Like, I've always been like, I'm going to make a scene. I'm going to be dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> it's when the bipolar, um, the manic episode kicks in. Oh, 100%. And I'm like, how did I go undiagnosed for so long? But yeah. Um. So we met at a bar yeah. and I wasn't drinking. And she was like, you should just come out with us. Like, you should hang out with us. Yeah. I was like, okay. And so I hung out with her. We had a great conversation, and then I I don't think uh, I think uh, like the, the the following weeks after that I think we were just around each other every day, yeah, um, just constantly, yeah. and so it just happened so quick, and it was I don't know if you'd say it was love at first sight because I was like, dude, this girl's very similar to me, and she yeah. was like, dude, this guy's very similar to me, so she was like, I don't know, this might not work, yeah, um, but once it you know when you know you know, and when things click they click, and it started clicking very quickly, yeah, um. And and once that happened, it just it just kind of took a life of its own. Um, Do you like think I said, being on your sober kick like was a beneficial thing when you guys met at first, or just even like the first interaction? Like, I mean, it was, and then we started drinking together that same night. Oh, so I was sober for like <laughs> I was sober for like three weeks, and then I met her, and yeah. I was like, yeah, man, taking shots sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Um, but I mean, during COVID, you know, it's crazy. Like during COVID, like during lockdown, I was sober for four or five months oh wow yeah i was like sober for a long time yeah. i go through seasons with it because i don't know i, I don't like drinking at home so like especially yeah. being locked up i was like dude i don't want to drink at all like this yeah well because when you're drinking at home then it's it's more just like a coping you know it's like a sad well you feel like an alcoholic yeah <laughs> you're like i'm you're like you're like i gotta be like, I've dr- yeah. I'm a social drinker if i'm getting blackout around people but if i do it at yeah. home, it's, a, yeah. it's a problem yeah if I'm doing this watching Tiger King, guys, we got some fucking issues going yeah. on. <laughs> like, like you know. I think I needed to drink um, to get through that documentary. Such a wild time in my life, in our lives, man. Right. Like such a wild time. Like it was crazy. I, I remember like Meredith and I were doing like little, 
Like we were doing like crafts like the whole time, like just crafting. And she was like, Interest let's paint. Everything. She was like, let's do some painting. Let's paint and sell it on eBay. And then we'd get scammed on eBay. Yeah. Um, but like, it was just <laughs> wild time. And now I'm looking at, you know, it's funny if you go on Hulu or Netflix right now, there's like seven movies that are like based on when the pandemic was happening. And I'm like, oh that just goes God. to show you that millions of people can die and Hollywood just doesn't give a no, shit. No, they're like, like pandemic about romance. Anything. I do. They're like, ooh, <laughs> I do like though because I feel like a pandemic relationships went one or two ways it was either people got really really close and moved in uh, and then they like broke up once um, things were you weren't like you didn't have to be around someone all the time or yeah. people just kind of like jump started stuff and stayed together if, if you have if people listening or if you haven't put this together I'm very much of like, do what you want to do with your life. Yeah. Like live your life, be as best as you can be, do whatever. Just don't screw people over. Don't be an asshole. Like that's my big takeaway. I, I thought success is your only option. Oddly like enough, I figured that would be a nice little segue yeah. to that. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. that's another piece. Yeah. Would you like to tee that off with a question yeah. and then we can dive deeper? Yeah. Okay. Um, what? Because also I don't know if this is going to like actually kick me off at the, the two hour mark but just in case uh so simo or success is my only option can you tell me about like how that started i believe it was your brother who created it but mm -hmm. like when did yep. it launch or how did it come about so uh the song lose yourself by eminem yeah has a line where he says success is my only motherfucking option failure's not oh my brother heard that song in the year 2002. Yeah. And it had stuck with him forever. By 2012, he had had a little money in his pocket. He said, let's make a brand. Let's make a lifestyle brand. And initially it was, let's like wear it to the gym. Let's like go out and do it. And then yeah. it just became a mantra. And then I just kept saying it and saying it. I think I beat it into everybody's heads. Yeah. And then he did the same thing. Um, what I didn't know uh, is towards the end of his life when we were starting. So we started making plans for Simu in like 2019, yeah. 2020. And so we start building the website. We start getting the closing together. We start doing this. The main goal of Simu, though, was to, well, it was lose yourself, mainly. That's where Simu came from. Yeah. But Simu is a mentality. It is a success is my only option. I'm going to do this as best as I can. I'm going to do everything I can in my power. It stems from my grandma that I mentioned earlier, yeah. where I was talking about how she was. So my grandma didn't know English. She was working five jobs, providing for five kids, doing everything in a bad time, in a rough time, in a rough neighborhood. It just instilled a work ethic. Then my dad, you know, he gets his job when he's 18. He's been at the same company for 41, almost 42 years now. So he's just, it's just success is my only option. Like I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to do everything in my power. What it is though, what it really means to me, and I'll get, I promise this is going to come full circle and yeah. hopefully it doesn't kick us yeah. off. Because if I get kicked off in this like prime time hour, this is going to be really upsetting to me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure um, I can just relaunch a, a thing if that Which happens. I also feel like, I also feel like this is like a Joe Rogan thing. This is like the longest I've talked to somebody <laughs> on a podcast in like my life. <laughs> um, maybe because people usually just cut me off, but yeah. it is what it is. But yeah, so success is my only option. Success is determined by who you are as an individual, right? Mm -hmm. It shouldn't have to be comparison. It shouldn't have to be, I'm going to go on Instagram and I see XYZ girls getting married or I see XYZ persons doing this or they just got a new house or a new job or they're having kids. Success is determined by you as an individual. 
So if success to you is I'm going to be the most successful podcaster on the planet, then that is your success. If success is I'm going to wake up every morning and I'm going to go to work, that's your success. If making it through a day is your success, that's success. Um, my brother later on 2019, 2020, he wrote me a letter and he said, I don't know if you know this, but Simu is Simu exists because of you. I thought it was my grandma. I thought it was because of the song. Yeah. He said, Simu exists because of you, because he said, I've seen you go through the trials and tribulations of mental health. I've seen you go through these dark periods of your life where you've come out on top. I've seen you go through these things where most people wouldn't want to go through it. Most people wouldn't even want to try. And you have continuously faced adversity and gone through it. And I didn't know that. I just thought he just created it because he wanted to have a lifestyle brand. Yeah. What, what, what we then figured out is that what I found out is that he wanted to create an opportunity for people in underserved areas to get a scholarship, to go to school, to go to trade school, to do whatever they deemed fit for their success and what would get them there. So what we do is we sell apparel, all proceeds, the pro, well, I'd say probably like an 80, 20 split. So 80% of proceeds go to funding the scholarship, taking care of all that. 20% goes to obviously restock, revalue, you know, learning new things. We're coming up with curriculums for, uh, so since my brother was a banker, we come up with curriculum for uh, saving money, you know, the importance of credit, yeah. the importance of establishing credit at an early age, not getting into debt, how to save money, what's important. Um, what do you save out of your paycheck? Like when you start making actual money, what are you supposed to do? So we started doing that. Um, and then, like I said, I mean, I'm actually wearing one of our hats right now. So this is the pillar mm-hmm. hat. So uh, yeah, if you guys can get that. So my brother was Jerry John Hernandez III. Okay. Uh, we, have three pillar- we have three pillars to success, hustle, perseverance, and impact. So that means you're going to hustle every day to your goal. You're going to persevere when adversity hits because it's going to hit. It's not if, it's when. And then you're going to make an impact. And the impact piece is the biggest piece to me because when you go, when you're hustling every day and you're making an impact to, you know, yeah. you're making an impact to people around you, they rise to the occasion. If you surround yourself with good people, they will rise. They will see that you're doing something amazing. They want to do it. So they add it. And it's their own success. It's not, don't chase Jacob's success. It's, yeah. I see Jacob working his ass off. I'm going to go work my ass off now. And that's what they do. So you get to this place. And impact. How do I impact my community? How do I impact my friends? How do I impact my relationship? How do I become a better person? How do I act like a better person? We've always said, Jerry and I especially, we've always said it's a conscious effort to be a bad person. You have to choose to do wrong every step of the way when you are presented with an opportunity to do good. You have to say no. You have to turn your face to it. Um, But to be a good person is easy because you get – or to be a good person is really, really, really hard too. But I say it's a lot easier than being a bad person because you can consistently do the right thing. And it goes back to that point that we mentioned earlier. What do you do when people aren't around? What will people say about you when you're gone? That's how I think about it. My brother's impact, it's a, it's a, drop, it's a drop on a quiet lake. That ripple goes all the way to the shore, but energy doesn't stop. So it continues. It's going to keep pressing onward. Um, so that's why Simu exists. Um, it's something that we created together to show people that there are other ways, there are other avenues, not one set reason. Like there's a million ways to cut a chicken. There's a million ways to be successful and your success is determined by you as an individual and not by anybody else, not your parents, not your grandparents, not generational. Hopefully you have a work ethic and drive, but, uh, it's not determined by anything else but yourself and what you want to do with your day and how you want to be as a person. That was really, honestly, that was very beautiful. I like, <laughs> I felt like you were giving a presentation almost or like a, like a seminar speech. It was so like, it was, I was almost like 
did you did you prep this this is so good i mean but it just me like it's authentic that's what i mean like it's so genuine that you just you don't have to think yeah. about it no not at all i think in life you can tell when people are being authentic yeah. i think you can tell when people have been through something i could i think you can tell when people mean what they say um i i've learned a lot about people over the last three years almost four and i've noticed that You know, I've noticed that if you're going to sit there and say you're a genuine person to me, I need you to show. Yeah. And I need you. I don't need you to show up all the time. I need you to show up. Though. Yeah. I also just feel like people that are genuine people don't like you don't say I'm a genuine. It's kind of like how people are like, I'm a nice guy. I'm like, well, nice guys don't really need to say that they're nice. <laughs> but I will say this, though. I will say this. Yeah. And this is an honest belief that I have. Yeah. You have to speak into existence what you want to be. That's true. Like the af- affirmations. And you know, like, I mean, I would say this much. So like, I have a thing where every morning I read on my phone. So like my background is my girlfriend and I. Yeah. But in the morning, my background is like when I first wake up, I have, and I'll actually read them to you. I have like a, I have, I have a few different backgrounds, but I, I wrote this down a few years ago and I, I wrote it down and I say it every morning. Yeah. So you got to give gratitude and you got to thank God or whoever you think is your maker. Yeah. You have to like, this was a goal that I had back then, but I was like telling myself, no more soda, <laughs> you know, walk, walk the dog two or times a week. Yeah. You know, do the best thing you can treat people with respect. An act of kindness is, can go further than you think. Yeah. And um, and it doesn't have to be big. I think people get, I think people get misconstrued. There's a misconception. They're overwhelmed by You have to do big ass, like you have to do big extravagant things. And that's like how you show people that you love them or no. that's how you show people you care. Yeah. And I think it's the biggest thing for me. Like, and I think this started back in like middle school when we, when I'd go to the mall and I'd have friends who had thought it was funny to like leave their trash on the table yeah, or they would like drop trash in front of the janitor or they oh, would do something. That like pains And me. my... 100%. And my big thing was, I'm never going to leave something worse than I left it. Yeah. So if I come to a clean table and you're doing your job and you're working your ass off, I'm going to clean that table and I'm going to do the exact same thing yeah. that I that I did when I left. When I leave movie theaters, I don't leave my popcorn. I don't leave my candy. I don't leave my drink. I don't leave my food. I don't leave anything. I know that there's people who, yeah. can, who can do that. I know there's people who are going to do that. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because to me, if I can make that person's job or life point zero one percent better i'm gonna do that and that's not because i want the shine for no. it. it just it's just what yeah. it is i also but go ahead sorry no, no no you're fine it just like makes me think and this isn't like a oh flex moment because it's it's literally naughty i didn't even do anything but like i think about all the time like public transport in new york and like there was i was sitting down because i'm i was lazy i have like a long way to go and like this old guy gets on and he has like a cane and there was nowhere to sit. And I, so I was like, do you want like my seat? And he was like, Oh no, that's fine. And then it was funny. Cause then he went and like this other guy like scooted over and was like, Hey man, what's going on? And they both were clearly just like, I, I don't even know if they were like unha- like unhoused or whatever, if they were just like hanging out. Like they, like, yeah. I thought they were about to like start a fight with each other, but they like knew each other. And then I was getting up mm. to leave. Cause I also had my, headphones it's like, i couldn't really hear and i was getting up to leave and like the one guy before like looked at me and he was like oh like have a really nice day or something like you know you could just tell it like he was very touched by just like someone even like oh like would you like to sit down because there are so many people where they're just like yeah like whatever or like you know like you look at your phone and you're kind of like not my problem um we get 
we get caught up in our own yeah. shit so much. But it's like we get caught up in our own it's shit. So, so it's just like tiny little things you can do with it. Like you're not even having to do anything. You're just like, oh, like can't like honestly just like holding the door open for people. Like <laughs> it's so funny because people think it's so kind in New York when you like hold the door open and stuff. But I'm just like, oh no, I'm just Southern. Like. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean I'll cut someone off at the road later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think I think it's one of those things where we all just want to be seen yeah. as people. And I think when you show people through acts of kindness to you that it can you be like little, see that right? yeah, that you yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, I think it's really awesome like when I go places sometimes and uh, like I think it's really cool if people are like um I remember when I was like 17 or 18, obviously we grew up in a pretty affluent area. Yeah. We grew up in a pretty decent place. We didn't see a lot of unhoused people. We no. didn't see that much. So for me, like I remember I moved to Austin or I moved to San Marcos and I'm working in Austin and this, this mom, and again, I'm not trying to make myself sound better. It's just a no, thing that yeah. happened to me, but I'm, I'm sitting there and I was delivering beer to a 7-Eleven and it was in a pretty bad area. And I remember this mom has like milk, cereal, food, and she's got yeah. three little kids and you know, she's paying and it's not going through. Yeah. She's paying, it's not going through. She's paying, it's not going through. And she's like, let me go to my car real quick. I think I have some change. And so she's like removing stuff. She's removing items from yeah. it. So the price will go down. So she's like, all right, let me put this back. I'll put that back. I'll put this back. And I remember I just walked up and I just got my first paycheck. Like I said, I was working 80 hours a week. So this first paycheck was like 2,500 bucks. Yeah. And I remember I walked up and had my card and I was just like, hey, I was like, excuse me, ma'am. Like whatever you want, go get it. Like, Go yeah. go through the store. Go grab whatever you need. Go grab what you need for your kids. Like, I don't care what it is. And I noticed in that interaction that she had never experienced kindness. Yeah. And I could tell. I could tell. Because you can tell when people really have never they're experienced like genuine caught off kindness. Guard, like in, well, they're kind of like... They're almost like, kind of like... Yeah, a, they're almost like... Ang- not like angry, but you're kind of like... Oh, a little abrasive yeah, for like, sure. Well, she was like, wait. What the fuck are you doing? Why? What's she's like, what motive? are you doing? And... <laughs> And I just remember just being like, I just remember being like, I've always been able, to, I've always been in a position where people have given me hand. Like, yeah. I don't call it handouts. Right. They're hand ups, yeah. right? It's a hand up. I'm giving you a hand up. I'm not giving you a hand out. Yeah. Um, but what I've noticed is if, you know, you see someone on the street, they're going through a tough time. Yeah. You see someone on the train, you see someone on the plane, you see someone anywhere. And this is how I, this is funny. This goes back to the point of like how great my girlfriend is. We were on a plane. This was literally three days ago. And we're sitting on a Southwest flight. And there's like probably 70 kids on this plane. Yeah. I mean, legitimately. And like, okay. you know, there's nothing There's nothing more demoralizing. Like when you walk up to like what you think is an open seat and it's like a four-year-old. Yeah. And you're like, I just didn't even see you. Like I just, I'm like, now right. I'm upset. I walked all the way to the back of the plane. I'm like, damn. <laughs> but I remember I go sit down. My girlfriend goes to sit up like four rows ahead of me. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, does anyone want to give up their flight? Like, does anyone want to do this? And like, we had somewhere to be, we had some places to go back in Dallas and we needed to get back, but it was like, cool. Like, you know, we, we let, we were supposed to leave at two, um, get back at four. Yeah. My girlfriend texts me. She's like, do you want to just volunteer? Yeah. And so I stand up and then everyone gives me a round of applause. Cause like, they didn't realize that she had texted me that. Cause like, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was like, I'm, I was like, I already queued up the playlist. I'd already queued up the, I I was like, I'm podcast ready. Like your boy's on airplane mode. I just bought the Wi-Fi. Like we are good. Yeah. And she texted me, she goes, do you want to volunteer? So these, you know, there was two older people who needed to go to needed a seat and they were flying together. And she goes, do you want to get up and like give up our seats? And I said, sure. Yeah. So we get up and I get a round of applause and I go, guys, don't, I was like, literally don't, don't, don't 
clap for me. I was like, this is all her. And so, you know, we end up getting like, you know, later on we realize that we're getting like a credit for a flight. Yeah. And cool, no big deal. But it's one of those things where, especially in today's society, and I think COVID brought this out of a lot of people, is people want to do good. They just don't know where to start. Yeah. I tell people all the time at work, and especially the kids that I mentor, and I've been able to give speeches to some interns and some other folks in my life, just get 1% better every day. If you can get 1% better every day. And, I, and when I say that, I don't mean get 1% better and it's going to be the greatest day tomorrow. I'm saying get 1% better. If you're going to be depressed, if you're going to get heartbroken, if you're going to lose a friend, if you're going to suck, if it's going to whatever, if you're getting 1% better and you keep putting that all together, you're going to get to 100% someday. And it might take a long time, but you're going to get there. I remember I had a friend of mine. This is actually a couple weeks yeah. ago. Um, they were asking me if I'd seen this movie. It's a Dwayne Johnson movie. Um, I think it's like, I think it's like skyscraper. Yeah. Skyscraper. They're like, have you seen the movie skyscraper? Cause like they thought I would just be better than it. And I'm like, dude, are you joking? I love stupid yeah. mindless action movies. Like, duh, I saw yeah. it. I think I saw it twice. And then they're like, Oh, I thought you were just like into like the midsummers and the hereditaries. And I'm like, nah, dude, I see anything. Yeah. Like I see any movie. And you know, what's funny is I also realized this to kind of go back to a deep set, but people will also probably find it funny is I laugh my ass off all the time because I cry in so many dumb movies. Yeah. Like that's how I know emotionally. I'm just like kind Have of okay. Sometimes Paddington bear. Absolutely. Are you joking? It's one of the highest rated Rotten Tomatoes movies ever really? made. Really? Okay. Cause I think the sequel, I, I haven't seen either, but. Like I had a bunch of friends uh, that were like, I water works. Like, now uh, you got to tap in, um, dude. The most you want to know something crazy? The most recent movie I cried mm-hmm. in, Super Mario Bros. movie. <laughs> Do you I'm think joking. it was like Seriously. the Brotherhood? Hundred yeah. percent. Oh, dude, if you get me with a brother dog, I'm I'm yeah. out. Like you, you can just you can just it, again. It's not an if, it's yeah. when. Um, it's like the Brotherhood of that or. Like Disney's been pumping out some classics, which I don't want to. I don't want to even give them shine right now because yeah. I got the SAG after Writers Guild thing yeah. going on. So you know, let's just cut that yeah. shit out. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't think anyone's gonna care about it. But I will say, like, um, like Soul came out like really like I think Soul came out like two weeks before my brother passed away. Oh damn! Yeah. And then to like rewatch that, like I've rewatched it like maybe twice. Yeah. Um, and I've cried every time. But it's funny because my so Meredith sometimes she she loves comedies and she loves like dumb comedies and I'm very into like serious movies. Like I'm, I'm, I am like, I really do love dramatic films. Like I really do because to me, it's like, if I can cry at something that's relatable, like before the whole Shia LaBeouf thing came out, like I saw the movie honey boy and I saw it with her and she like saw me like visibly sobbing in that film. And then she was like, well, let's go like watch like bench warmers. She's like, like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. She's like, I don't know. I've been trying not to go see movies because of like I'm trying to yeah. support the strike, but also at the same time, it's like I, this is my comfort shit. So I'm like, damn, bro, like this is really putting a putting a peg in my in my life. I really want to see the movie with Will Ferrell and JB Fox where the dogs straight. Oh, the dog, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. See, Meredith wants to see that movie so badly. I want to see it so and bad. I've been and like, that. but at first, I was kind of wanting to boycott it because they I couldn't get over the fact there were no like wiener dogs. But then I realized it was like for historical accuracy because like honestly no one would give up a wiener dog like there would never be a stray wiener dog Act. so like Act. you know 
So I was like, all right, I guess. Yeah. Dotson, Dotsons aren't just getting handed no. out like that. No. Because no. No. <laughs> they also can't fend for themselves. They're getting picked up by like other animals. So Did you yeah. ever watch, you know what I really liked? Did you ever watch Last Night in Soho? Oh, Meredith made me go see yeah. it. I wanted to see it, but Meredith made me go yeah. see it. And we left that theater just mind. I thought that was <laughs> like, no one ever talked about that movie. Or like, I felt like nothing ever like came out of it. I watched it on a plane and I was like, oh my God, this is insane. I feel like I always like sad movies, not sad movies, but movies that, like you said, like they're like, there's like a mind fuck. There's just something at the end where you're like, whoa. Like, I, did you ever watch the movie Remember Me with Robert Pattinson? Well, obviously, you know, we just had the, uh, we just had September yeah. 11th. So it was all over my TikTok feed. Oh, I wait, have seen it. Really? I, man, yeah. I, I don't know why, but that was like one of my, and that's what's so fucking like, why was this? Like, that used to be a movie and they were like, oh yeah, what's your favorite movie? And I was like, I just really liked that movie. Not like, it was like really fucked up, but I was like, it's just like, you know, I don't know if you it's know like that, a shock at the end where I'm just like, oh. you know, you know what I hate about that movie yeah. is the end yeah. when they, when he's standing at the, at the, at the window yeah. and then it pans out and you're like, dude, this whole movie has been setting me up for that level of failure. Yeah. The, that like, like, I'm, you know, so like, this is what you're going to do. That's what kills me. Cause it's honestly though, not to like be depressing, but it kind of ties in that thing where it's like everything is lining up in his life like finally yeah, and then 100%. that shit happens i'm like oh like yeah. okay yeah. i do say i will say this i have one question yeah. for you because a lot of this has been about me yeah two-parter here actually Whoa. what was your first impression of me okay first part second part is what is your favorite thing to do in new york city okay cool and I will not speak. Uh, so my first impression of you is I definitely thought, I wouldn't say like first impression, I don't know what my first impression was, but I definitely thought you were like the goofy popular kid, like class clown, very cool. Um, that's what's so funny. Cause like in, in high school, I always thought that you were just, I can't like imagine you being bullied. Cause I just always thought you were like very popular and friends with not popular in the sense of like, oh, like you're the captain of the football team, you know, that kind of thing. But you're like, everyone knows and likes Jacob or everyone's Jacob's friends with everyone, which I also liked because it felt like you didn't like discriminate. It wouldn't be like that thing where you're like, oh, I'll talk to someone when no one else is looking. Like, I feel like you would just genuinely talk to anyone. Um, So I always liked that. And then favorite thing to do in New York oh, this is hard. This is like one of those things where then I'm like, have I done anything in New York ever? Honestly, it's going to sound really dumb, but just like when the weather is really, really nice, I love to get, I'll have like a friend and we'll get like bubble tea and we'll literally just walk through like, because I live by Central Park, we'll walk like through the park, probably from like the Upper West Side to the Upper East Side, we'll be like walking past the Met Museum. Just honestly, like those days where you can walk throughout the city and you're kind of like, fuck, like I live here. This is really cool. Cause I am definitely more introverted or like I can get easily overwhelmed and New York can seem like you'd think like, how can someone introverted survive here? But then I also feel like at the same time being so attuned to all the, like the tiny little details and noises, like you see all the little things that like you wouldn't notice. Like I love just random things written or certain stickers stuck to like poles and stuff. Like, it's just like, I don't know. Like I'll see like a, a door that's been painted or graffitied and there's like a heart on it. I'm like, that's just like so nice. And just like random stuff on the sidewalk. It's just really, I love how people, people just like give shit away for free. 
they'll be like stooping and i'll just mm-hmm. find like the funniest books just like there was one that was like the art of massage technique that was just like and there was a sign that was like free and it was just <laughs> on the street like in front of someone's house and i'm like what like where else does this shit happen um but yeah so it's true just honestly it's just true. wandering around being like <clears throat> just being present yeah, in new york City. yeah because it's yeah. in texas you know it's one of those things or even like arkansas if you are depressed or something you can stay home and not leave your house um and you'd have to drive somewhere to be around people for me mm-hmm. even if i'm like in a weird mood just like walking from my apartment to trader joe's or to the drugstore like i within that span of five to ten minutes i see so many people and so much going on that i feel like okay like you know it, it feels weirdly less isolating to be able to be like around yeah. people even if you're not directly interacting with them yeah. no for sure well carly it has been an absolute pleasure. Yes. It's been an honor. I'm very, very glad that you asked me to yes. do this. I'm very glad that we have connected. Um, I'm sure we could do it for another seven Honestly, hours. I don't yeah, do don't that. Worry. But, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know if you'll ever have a repeat guest, but I'd be glad to yes. be your first or your last. Um, for sure. But it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate you giving me this platform. Yeah. I appreciate you having this platform. I, I can only imagine where this goes from here. Um, well, you know, success but, is my only option. Exactly. You know, simu.us, go check it out. Check out the website, yeah. buy your clothes, put, get your hats, do whatever you want, plug it. in the show notes. Um, you know, no free shout outs, shameless plug. Yeah. That's who I am. <laughs> um, but truly, I, this has been an absolute honor and a privilege. Yeah. And um, I really, I really do appreciate it. And I, and I hope you have uh, abundant success with this. You know, I don't know what your success is, yeah. is, is determined with on this one, but I know that I've enjoyed listening to you and I've enjoyed seeing you grow as a human. So, um, cheers to continued growth and and have a great rest of your evening thanks jacob thanks for coming on and i guess we'll say bye so how do you do yeah oh well how do you we can just say bye and then i'll stop it and it will stop for the recording but you won't it won't like cut you out